This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. day where the Miami Dolphins were completely depleted on the offensive side of the ball. It was one if by sea and two by land as the Miami Dolphins entered the day, averaging 3.6 yards per rush, but gashing the New England Patriots for six yards a carry, 250 yards on the ground on Sunday. Josh, when we looked into our crystal ball on Thursday for our preview show, man, I don't think this is what we were expecting. We weren't, and I, I can't wait to dive into it. I mean, I'm looking here, 42 total carries, you know, by the entire offense, 250 yards rushing, three touchdowns. I mean, we did not see this coming, but uh, they found a way to do it, and, you know, we all got what we wanted. The Dolphins are in the thick of things. They're 9-5, and five, two games away from making the postseason, and we knocked the New England Patriots out of the postseason. What a wonderful victory Monday it is. I'm feeling as good as I felt in a long, long time as a Dolphin fan. First time the Patriots will not be in the playoffs since the year 2008. And, I mean, Josh, it's so cliche. And, you know, I I can certainly pick up on on the different, you know, generic coaches' sayings. But it was really a tale of two halves here here for the Miami Dolphins. They entered the halftime trailing 6-0. Tua Tagovailoa completed a a pretty nice 4th and 8 to Patrick Laird to set up a Jason Sanders field goal. Uh, But he had his second miss in as many weeks, which was uh, legitimately concerning because, you know, the Dolphins were down 6-0 at halftime. 
but it seemed like uh, they were outplaying the New England Patriots in every aspect of the game. It did, and I know we'll talk about it, or maybe we'll talk about it right now. But you know, Tua Tagovailoa throwing that interception at the Tua Tagovailoa throwing that interception at the goal line. I mean, that was one of those plays where I think we all saw Lim Bowden kind of break open, and I think Tua just realized it was a little too late, forced a bad throw while getting hit. You know, turned the ball over at the goal line. That cannot happen. But you know, up until that point, the Dolphins were having their way. They were moving the ball efficiently down field. Um, but again, I mean, we sit here and we can praise Tua. I mean me more than others, to be completely honest, but that was a terrible throw, and, you know, I guess it was a terrible decision, and one that, you know, could have costed the Dolphins, but it didn't, and again, it's just a tale of two halves, and it makes you wonder why they come out so sluggish, you know, it's almost like the first half, they're just out there feeling the team out, and then in that second half, you know, they're doing what they do, they, they're coaching these guys up, they're coming out with adjustments, and as we see week after week, it's offense, defense, special teams, they're going out there in the second half, and they're putting these ball games away, and again, uh, you mentioned it, it, it's going to be so awesome to sit here and watch January playoff football without having to see Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I, I mean, we waited for this for a long time. Um, hat tip to them for everything they've accomplished, but it is going to be so nice to not have to watch them in the postseason. Uh, shout out to Travis Wingfield, uh, works for the Miami Dolphins. He he shared a quote that Kyle Van Noy uh, gave to Albert Breer uh, for the mon- Monday morning quarterback, and, and we're kind of playing a game of telephone here, but, but it's written down, so I'm not going to mess anything up too much. I mean, I'm going to hope. Uh, Kyle Van Noy said, I think uh, that drive at the end of the game shows uh, we, we can win in every single way, Van Noy said. Some games we've been run dominant, other games we've run through, won through the air, and some games we're doing both. But this game was back and forth, smash mouth football. Who's going to break? And they ended up breaking before we did. We knew we weren't going to break, and they just broke. And that really sums up that rushing attack. And, and to kind of bring it back to that first half there, Josh, I mean – the Dolphins were facing the Dolphins' defense in a sense. You think about Stephon Gilmore, who ended up did leaving with a, a pretty rough-looking leg injury. Uh, uh, but in the first half there, the Dolphins were forced to be perfect, right? They, they weren't getting any sort of big breaks. I mean, they were running the ball, but it was four or five, maybe even six yards of carry. And the Pages were just waiting for a mistake, right? And they got that at the end of the drive. I mean, Tua was marching this team down the field on a 95-yard drive before that interception happened. It's just... You have to take so many opportunities. Eventually, a mistake's going to happen. There was another drive that half where where I ended up being like third and twenty four uh, before the Dolphins got off the field. I mean that that's what the Dolphins have found success in defensively this year is just making teams have to go march all the way down the field and you have to complete or, or have, execute fifteen strong plays. That's fifteen chances we have to force a turnover, and we saw that there on that drive from the Patriots where they had that interception early. And and I gotta say, man, that entire first half, I was sitting there panicking because I thought I wouldn't be able to watch any sort of football stuff for a week just because it seemed like everything was going the Patriots' way. The penalties, I'm not gonna sit here and say the penalties decide the game, but it was seven to two. Every single penalty, it seemed like it was going against the Dolphins. Uh, they couldn't get, find the end zone. They were leaving points on the board via the interception and, and the field goal, and it was just a very, very frustrating half an hour of football. It wasn't. I think this might be a thing that you know maybe it's just us as fans. You go into these things, you know, you have. Unreal expectations. You know, we all, if you take a step back, we all realize, you know, this is a, a rivalry. These are going to be those down-to-the-wire gritty games, and, you know, it kind of was that. The Dolphins, you mentioned it, as cliche as it is to say, bend, don't break. That's exactly what this defense did, and at times, you know, Sony Michelle looked like he was busting off some big runs, and it was going to be that same, you know, story that we saw earlier in the year, but the Dolphins just buckled down forced them to settle for field goals for, you know, the entire day, and, you know, that was the difference here, but I just can't continue to praise just how differently this team looks you know after they go into the half and 
make adjustments. And, um, you know, you mentioned that Kyle Van Noy quote. That's just, an, again, a testament, whether it's the offense, defense, special teams, whoever it is that week that's called upon, whether it's a player, whether it's a unit, you know, they're stepping up and, and they're doing it together. And I think that's just, again, what we have not seen from a Dolphins team in so many years is just they're playing complementary football. And when one of these units, you know, has a subpar day, the other one's picking them up. This was an ugly game. You know, this wasn't as pretty as, you know, many of us had believed. But two went out there, 145 yards. You know, he had that one interception, but he also had two rushing touchdowns. You know, he was that quarterback to snap that Bill Belichick streak that, you know, we kept hearing the nine consecutive rookie. So, you know, his numbers are not the greatest, but he went out there and he executed his offense pretty damn good. And, again, it was enough. I mean, I, I just cannot wait to dive into the coaching tape. And, and that's, what, again, what sucks about this. We're sitting here. We're going to break down a little bit of the offense and defense. But until we get out there and we really see, you know, how this offensive line look with Michael Dieter in the lineup, I mean, um, it, again, it's just next man up and they're executing in all three phases the Miami Dolphins offense was certainly held together with uh paper clips and and bubblegum today but I mean the facts that the fact that you can do that and, and still be uh New England certainly speaks volumes and, and we shame on us Josh because coming to this game you know when we did our three keys it was can can Matt Breida do it is, is it going to be DeAndre Washington we did not talk much about Savan Ahmed I mean I remember reading that uh he was wearing the red no contact jersey up until I want to say Thursday even uh might have only been Wednesday but one of those two days and I just kind of put him in the the back of my head as someone who I didn't think was going to uh have that much of an opportunity to play but I mean what a performance 23 carries for 122 yards I mean you do see that that he is an undrafted rookie and I mean I, I saw people getting frustrated on Twitter uh there was one uh pass block where he got completely mowed over and two ended up being sacked uh there are a couple of receptions he had where he kind of just fell over excuse me I mean he only caught one of his five, uh, three targets but I remember it was to the outside he, it was like a second and ten and he ended up falling forward he did get you know six yards something like that but I mean it just kind of goes to show that they're still missing those guys that can turn those, uh, you know, consistently tear up those big plays. I mean, I'm not saying Ahmed had a bad day by any means. You know, like I said, 5.3 yards per carry. He had a long of 31. And this run game really set the tone. But, I mean, you see that ceiling, but you see that there's still room for growth with this young team, with these young players. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think we all have to just take a step back and realize that again. These are young players. I think Salvin Ahmed, I think he's 21 years old. So, I mean, uh, this, again, is a young guy that's not even fully reached his potential. His 122 rushing yards are the most in franchise history by an undrafted player in his rookie season and the eighth most by any Dolphins rookie. So, again, you need to see more out of this unit. I absolutely believe the Dolphins are going to address the running back room. But, I mean, we saw it all come together this this week. And, you know, it has to be a testament to that offensive line, those guys up front. When Kinley went out of the game, he's our, you know, we loved Solomon Kinley. But it looked like Michael Dieter jumped right in there. And you saw him pulling. You saw him making some plays. And it didn't look like the offensive line missed a beat. So this is a testament to those guys up front. And then, again, Salvin Ahmed making the most of his opportunities. You mentioned it in our preview podcast. We didn't even know if he was getting ready to go. And Matt Breida, I mean, this is a guy that we continue to say, podcast after podcast after podcast you know give him more carries and you saw it this week 86 yards on 12 carries he was averaging 7.2 yards per carry and we said on the previous show if you bring Matt Breed in here and, and he helps his team carry this you know get us into the postseason over these last three games that fourth or fifth round pick whatever it, it ends up being you know that that's worth it to me so um these guys need to step up they need to continue to do this and it, it excites me because what happens when the the they come out of the gate, you know, first quarter and the run game's working, the passing game's working. What happens when everything is coming together for this offense? You know, we might not see that this year. We might see that next year, but um, it just gets you excited for the future of the Miami Dolphins because on a day like 
on like a day like this when a lot of us didn't know who was even going to be the running back. You know, they went out there and they rushed for, for 240 yards against the freaking New England Patriots, eliminating from the playoffs. I mean, uh, what more could you possibly ask for? Matt Breida, he, he spent two weeks on the COVID list there, and it was it was kind of impressive to see how, how he operated. And Josh, you know, you, you, you look at every play. I mean, you post a lot of them on the internet as well uh, uh, via Twitter. Follow you at Houts. I mean, you, you put it all out there for everyone. So, so I mean, you are the Robin Hood uh, we all need. But what did you, what really stood out about Matt Breida's style of play? Because, I mean, he kind of looked like someone walking up the aisles of a grocery store where, you know, he'd see something on the left side that he really needed, and then there'd be a bag of chips on the right side he wanted. He was really allowed to process the different holes he wanted to run in. He didn't have to just kind of pick a hole and go. He he was, seemed to really be dissecting that defensive front. I mean, I don't know how I can even explain it better than that. You don't even need all 22 or, or to watch the tape. I mean, that, that sums it up perfectly. You know, when the play was going right and he saw even a little bit of daylight left, he was making plays. And, um, you know, again, we all know how fast he is. We all kept hearing he's the fastest player in the NFL last year. I mean, we wanted to see what he could do with the ball in his hands. And we saw, I mean, there were times when the holes were there and there were other times when he was just, you know, using his pure speed to make players miss. And again, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, and, and Matt Breedy, you know, heading into the postseason. I mean, we, we could do a lot worse. Um, so uh, I liked what we saw in Matt Breedy. We continued to pound the table, give him more touches. Uh, I think we're going to be hear that even louder this week after that performance we saw. Going into the game, it seemed like Devontae Parker, Mike Jacecki, and Jakeem Grant all had a shot to play. And it, and it seems like, um, I think it was Cameron Wolf, ESPN, if you're not following him at this point, you're certainly missing out. He does a great job uh, for the worldwide leader over there. And he said that if it was a game that, that could decide the fate of the Miami Dolphins in terms of the playoffs, uh, Devontae Parker might have been able to play uh, a couple of those guys. He didn't say specifics outside of Parker, but potentially could have played the Dolphins decided to keep it safe and keep those guys on the bench. And I mean, that says just more about Tugavaloa and, and this offense to be able to do enough to pull out that victory, despite, you know, the, the rookie hurdles, but let's take a quick break and we'll jump into the defensive side of the ball on the other side. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Real quick, Jake, before we get into the defense, I want to ask you this question. Do you think the Dolphins, you know, Dolphin fans can get him to be back-to-back-to-back Rookie of the Week um, nominee? Because right now I'm looking at it. Jalen Hurts had 338 yards passing, three touchdowns. Herbert, 314, two touchdowns. Can Dolphin fans get to it and win that again this week? I don't want to sound like the excuse guy here, but, I mean, you can only do so much. You know, you had Matt Collins drop a, a third down conversion there. He needed some sort of help. But I'm going to say no. I think that, that Jalen Hurts' performance was too much fun. Um, but I'm never going to be one to doubt this Dolphins uh, fan base, so it would not surprise me if somehow in the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours of that uh, voting that somehow to a polls in front, it's just kind of uh, how this fan base operates. It really is. And okay, now that we talked about the offense, let's jump into the defense because, again, this was just an overall good performance. We saw those big, meaty guys up front. We saw Christian Wilkins making plays. We saw Ray Quan Davis, Zach Sealer, those guys up front helping stop the run game. We saw Xavier Howard forcing a fumble there. Again, 20 games now with a turnover from this Dolphins defense. What did you see? What did you like? And, you know, 
what can you project from this team moving forward as we get into these last two must-win games for the Dolphins? Xavier Howard is so special. I mean, just kind of, you th- you you instantly go to the, the forced fumble, which was an awesome play. Uh, the Dolphins were down 9-7, uh, to seven, I believe, at the time. They forced the fumble. I think that really swung the momentum. Uh, the score was close. My apologies. I should have wrote down when what the actual score was for that one. Uh, but then there was the potential fumble return for a touchdown. That was also Xavier Howard. And then there was a play early in the game where Kyle Van Noy almost got his big pause on an interception. You know uh, who intercepts that ball if Kyle Van Noy is not there? Xavier Howard. I-, I just am so impressed how this guy just happens to be all over the place all the time. He's everywhere, and we can't say it enough. This guy deserves to be Defensive Player of the Year, just like we all think that Brian Flores is a deserves to be coach of the year. I mean, you just see it every week. Xavier Howard's going out there, whichever receiver's lining up across from, he's completely taking him out of the game, and then he's making plays, whether it's an interception, whether, like you said, that amazing play by Brandon Jones that almost stayed in bounds. I think Christian Wilkins touched the ball. Stupid roll, but I think X took that one to the house and then, you know, knocking that ball out. But you're right, that KVN, uh, I think Kyle Van Noy definitely wants that interception back. I mean, I think he would have loved to have that himself, but um, I think Xavier Howard might have even been in better position than the wide receiver was on the tail end of that. You know, the thing that stood out to me that I was incredibly excited about, uh, there was a play where I think it was the first drive of the game. I mean, I know Christian Wilkins had two big stops early, uh, but there, the Patriots scra- tried a screen pass on, I want to say it was third or nine and something, and uh, Emmanuel Agba beats his guy on the line. And then the way he just ran with the lineman and, and blew up the screen is something I haven't seen the Miami Dolphins do in, in such a long time uh, before the Brian or- Flores era, I mean, it was usually they're going to catch the screen, they're going to get six, seven, and by by golly, the Dolphins are going to give up that that third down conversion. So it, it's worth pointing that out. In the first half, the Dolphins really couldn't get to Cam Newton too too much. I know the Rams last week got to him ten times. I think he was sacked four times uh, on the day. But in that first half, they they really couldn't do that. But but they did enough to really keep the Patriots honest, right? They had to go down the field. And, and once they were in the red zone, they were forced to make plays. And the Dolphins defense just, again, showing that they had that talent, especially in the secondary, uh, to keep passing attacks out of the end zone. Yeah, and I mean, that's just the way this Brian Flores defense is built. And again, it just gets me so excited to think about the future because once they add in, you know, some free agents, this offseason they bring in some more playmakers in the draft I mean both sides of this football uh, it's going to be very very fun to see we got to talk about the linebackers you know Kyle Van Noy Jerome Baker was all over the field and Andrew Van Ginkle again I mean this guy is slowly getting better each and every week and um, it's it's just awesome to see the way these guys continuously get better I will point out the one play that really stands out in my mind Dolphins had all their defenders up on the line and Bobby McCain was back deep, and I think, you know, it ended up turning into this huge play because it looked like Bobby could have just reacted sooner and maybe made the tackle short of the first down, but that was probably the only play that really stands out in my mind, you know, besides some of those Sony Michelle runs that, you know, the Dolphins really got beat because overall, I mean, they were out there, they were dominant up front, they were dominant in the secondary, and again, they did enough to to confuse the heck out of Cam, and we went into this game knowing if you could stop the run and force Cam to try to throw the football, good things would come, and that's exactly what they did, and, um, you know, it's it's going to be exciting to see the way go out there, and they attack Marcus Mariota or David Carr, whoever the quarterback is. That big Saturday night game against the Las Vegas Raiders that if the Dolphins win, you know, then they go up to Buffalo, and we don't know what the Bills are going to be doing in that last game. Um, they, they could be sitting starters, and, you know, Dolphins need these two wins to, to ultimately make the playoffs. Jerome Baker had a sack, Zach Sealer had a sack, and our boy Emmanuel Agba had a sack to seal the game uh, late. Josh, you, you mentioned that linebacker group, and you got to give them a, a 
credit for, for just doing enough, right? Because I think that is, is probably the unit on the defense still that they could probably use an upgrade, right? Uh, the, the, whether you want to call it the linebacker unit, the outside linebackers, whatever it may be, we know Van Noy, what he can do coming off that offensive or defensive player of the week performance two weeks ago. Uh, they really did enough against the running game. You see here, Sony Michelle, 10 carries for 74 yards. Uh, Newton kind of got his for nine carries, 38 yards. Uh, the Pats averaged 5.3 yards on the game. But, I mean, you look at the long for Michelle with 17. Again, you know, the thing that really stands out when you see guys like Xavier Howard, and, and I'm starting to see it in guys like Brandon Jones, is whenever they're bringing a guy to the ground, they're punching at that ball. They're breaking it free. They're saying, hey, if you're going to – Again, I, I keep feeling like I broke a record talking about this defense, but if you're going to come down and score a touchdown, you're going to have to be absolutely perfect. You're going to have to hold on to every single pass. You're going to have to get to the down, and then you're going to have to get, of course, past the first down marker. And, you know, Cam Newton, it's nice when you can get them into a third down because Cam Newton doesn't really threaten you too, too much with his arm. Uh, he had 10 incompletions on the day, finished 17 for 27. And... You know, an average of 7.7, you know he wasn't going to be able to throw the ball deep. He, I think he missed Jacoby Myers deep in the end zone once. I mean, this defense just does a very clean job of keeping offenses honest overall. I want to run through a few notes here. I mean, again, I think the defense deserves most of the credit for this performance today. Tua certainly did enough. Uh, that running game, awesome. That is something we haven't expected in such a long time. Josh, it's definitely worth bringing up. I mean, Solomon Kinley, uh, that, that's a little... It's a pretty frustrating injury for the Dolphins, a team that just can't seem to shake that bug this entire season. It is, and it's good that you brought that up because I just saw Barry Jackson reported that there's no structural damage in Kinley's knee per Dolphin source to be determined for Sunday, whether or not Kinley and Flowers, which I think he means Saturday, but it'll be determined whether or not um, you know those guys will be ready for Saturday's matchup against the, the Raiders. So that's a huge loss, but... Again, I think Michael Dieter stepped up big, and again, we'll have to go back and jump into the coaches' film, but it looked like that offensive line, you know, obviously, 240 yards on the ground looked much improved than, you know, what we come expect him to. Yeah, I have to say I was incredibly impressed with Dieter's performance. I really thought the, the offensive line was going to start to crumble a little bit with Kinley not in there. Uh, but, I mean, that's what happens when you have a solid running game. You, the it keeps the defense honest. They're not really allowed to live in that backfield. Uh, Lynn Bowden, another very strong performance. He caught six of his seven targets. He seemed like he was, you know, despite six of his seven uh, touches being of the rece uh, receiving variety, it seemed like he was an extension of the running game. They'd have him kind of going across the field uh, before every snap. And, you know, there's even a, a first down play where they did a little reverse with him going back and forth where he switched and swerved all the way down the field and he only got 10 yards. But this guy, I, I'd love to see the next gen stats with him because it seemed like he was running all day long despite only having, uh, let me see here, 46 yards. Yeah, and we just see him getting more involved every week in the offense. I do have to note, we got here, Durham Smythe caught five of five targets for 40 mm -hmm. yards, stepped up big in Mike Kosicki's absence, and uh, pro football focus, Ryan Smith was says Durham Smythe was the highest-graded player on the team in their Week 15 victory over New England, hitting an 88.2 overall, which was a career high, and again, his five receptions for 40 yards and his four first downs. So uh, Durham Smythe stepped up big, and we didn't even get to talk about that freaking special teams play, which, I mean, every week, I, was it last week where they had the same thing, where they yep. didn't report eligible and, you know, ended up freaking biting us in our butt. So Matt Hawk, I mean, he has a freaking arm on him, and that was a heck of a play by Camus Regier hill but it just sucks that it was all for naught. But, again, this team went – went out there and they put it on the line and, and it paid dividends against the New England Patriots. You know, it's, it's frustrating because I, I, every play, every special teams play, I, 
I don't think there'd be any consequence if they report as eligible on every single punt just to get into that habit. Because for the second week in a row, as you mentioned, that's the issue. It's just guys not reporting as eligible. And that's really taking the sail or uh, the wind out of the sail of that Miami Dolphins special teams unit. When they need that little jolt, that's really the, the missing piece. I think it's also worth noting Malcolm Perry had a very cool uh, run on third down where he kind of stepped in front of Tua and took the snap, shimmied up the middle and grabbed two yards to convert to a, a first down. Josh, overall, I mean, this is all we could expect. And we're going into next week. We got the Oakland Raiders. And we just wanted this game to be worth something, right? The Dolphins, it's the second year of the rebuild. I mean, I've been we've been both saying kind of just to take a little step back and enjoy this ride because – the fact the Dolphins, their second season under Brian Flores, their first year with the rookie quarterback, to have a winning record, I mean, that in itself is such an accomplishment to, you know, even kick the Patriots out of the playoffs. I mean, obviously we want the playoffs, and we're going to ask for the playoffs, but we got to be pretty happy with everything that's happened this far. We do, and I mean, it's not really the exact pulse of the fan base by just going based off of Twitter, but I mean, we all see it. There's just so much bickering, and it's it, you just wonder, when do we become, you know, uh, this franchise that just expects all this stuff. I mean, Tua's going out there, he's he's winning games, and he's playing very good football, and you just continue to hear the comparisons to Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. And, you know, maybe it's something we just need to become accustomed to. Maybe we need to realize now that, you know, we have a potential superstar quarterback. He's going to be compared to those guys in his class, and, you know, that trickles down to this team being compared to some of those NFL elite. And it's just awesome to see in a year, like we continue to say, appetizer, hors d'oeuvre, whatever word you want to use for it, like you said, year two, if you're sitting here looking at the playmakers, you're upset because they don't have this wide receiver, this running back, this or that. They have the money. They have the draft picks next year. It is going to be something special being built here in Miami. And, um, you know, just as a fan base, again, take a step back, enjoy it, enjoy these last two weeks. And let's hope we're talking in January and we're getting ready to play one of, you know, the biggest games in franchise history because what Brian Flores is building and what this team's doing, it, again, it's it's special. You know, it's certainly one of the biggest games in the last 20 years, that's for sure. I mean, the energy around this team is different. Um, Greg Rosenthal, who works for NFL Media, he said Brian Flores is the chosen one, kind of joking around there. I've always liked Rosenthal's uh, input. And by the chosen one, just kind of the Belichick disciple who who, who gets it done. And it certainly seems like that that's what the Dolphins are turning into uh, with this win, I mean, especially if the uh, Dolphins make the playoffs at this pace, the Steelers losing a second game. I mean, Andy Reid at 15-1 and one, uh, is certainly a candidate for the coach of the year, but I think Brian Flores has to be up there. I think there have been uh, two or three 15-1 coaches who have not won it. I mean, Brian Flores, man, it, he had some questionable, I do have to say, questionable challenge calls yesterday. He went 0-2 on the day. Uh, the first one I thought he had a little bit of a shot with, but then the reception late in the the second half there where, where he thought Jacoby Myers kind of uh, boxed it in, which wasn't the case. That that was about it. I mean, that's probably the biggest grip we have uh, for Brian Flores after 15 weeks was his one performance with the challenge flags. How dare he? I saw people tweeting about it during the game, and I was just thinking to myself, I I mean, yes, that's probably been his biggest Achilles heel, but have, have you ever remembered a time where it came back to bite us where we were like, damn, I really wish you know he didn't have that challenge early on in the game. I feel like he uses the timeouts and challenges wisely. Um, and I, I don't know, like you said, I mean, we're sitting here, we're still waiting for Zach Thomas to get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, we don't know. I, I can't sit here and say that it's the same type of voting, but again, this is all just kind of a pe popularity contest. So I don't know what's going to happen with Brian Flores, but I think, you know, the entire mind. I mean, Dolphins fan base believes he's the guy. And I bet if you ask some of the players around the league, you ask some of those guys on these other teams, they would say the same thing because what Brian Flores, again, is doing in Miami and just, you know, some of the things he's done as the leader of this team throughout the year, whether it's the coaching changes or just 
going out there and just speaking out on different things. I mean, this guy embodies what the Miami Dolphins is, and you continue to see it. You know, this is a family, and I, I'm ready to run through a wall. Brian Flores should be coach of the year, just like Xavier Howard should be defensive player of the year. You're stuck on to You want him to get that uh, rookie of the year award. Uh, Josh, I think the last thing certainly worth noting here is uh, the Texans did it again. <laughs> they, they fumbled away a game at the last second against the Colts. Obviously, that might have helped our uh, playoff spot. Hey, but on the flip side, I mean, the, the sixth overall pick in the uh, 2021 NFL draft is looking looking very nice right now. Yeah, and you always hear they're playing chess while others are playing checkers. But I, I don't know at what point Chris Greer and them saw this, you know, the Texans plummeting the way they did but to, to have the draft capital that they did these last two years I mean it's freaking awesome and not many franchises can say they have that and that's just a testament to what the Dolphins are building here all right Josh we got two weeks left everyone out there enjoy it enjoy it enjoy it enjoy it the Miami Dolphins are nine and five we're rolling the the future is certainly looking very very bright it's just such a such a you know Important to time, soak it up, enjoy it. I mean, the football season, the, the three months really flies by, the four months really fly by, and, and whether the Dolphins make the playoffs or not, the, the future is in their hands the, the, in 2020 and beyond, and that's exciting to see. Dolphins' big matchup against the Raiders coming up on Saturday. Uh, we have Christmas on Fridays. We're going to try to get something out on Thursday, give someone a little, everyone a little something to prepare for the weekend. But uh, it's a wild week. It, it's been a wild year. And, and thank you guys so much for joining in. If you're liking what you guys to, be sure to smash that subscribe button, leave a review. Those help us out so, so much. And, and they're always great to hear. Uh, like I said, you got to be following Josh on Twitter. He provides a lot of great, 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 great information at H-O-U-T-Z, Houts. I'm at jmendel31. I'll post something a little goofy or a little silly to get, to get a laugh out of you and then kind of 94. 94. 94. Did I do 31 again? Oh, you man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to start a quarter jar, a swear jar for this or something. Th thank you for having my back on that. But, Josh, I mean, we got another Victory Monday. We're out here. We're soaking up another win. Can't ask for that much. I uh, can't ask for much more than that. Excuse me. Uh, as they say, just keep on winning, and, and everything else will take care of itself from there. Just win, baby. Big game. We get a Saturday night primetime game. Um, but like Jake said, we will have a podcast out for you to enjoy with your family on Christmas Day. Until then, guys, stay safe. Um, enjoy this victory Monday. Enjoy knowing that we knocked the New England Patriots out of the postseason. And again, as always, most importantly, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins.